الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وقل لعبادي يقولوا التي هي احسن وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم املك عليك لسانك وليسعك بيتك وبكي على خطيئتك او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم first and foremost perhaps everybody most of you might have already heard that hazrat bin risa rahmatullah alayhi was the special khadim of hazrat wala hazrat ma sha hakim aur dr sa rahmatullah alayhi spent 46 years in his khidmat he passed away on saturday so everybody is requested to make dua for him to recite something at least now you recite inshallah three times surah ikhlas and make the niyat of the sawab being passed on to him what benefit we have received via the fairs and the barakat of hazrat shah hakim mohd akhtar sahab rahmatullah alayhi so we are indebted to hazrat mir sahab as well for the khidmat that he made of that personality who spread his work throughout the world so that we could benefit so inshallah we recite this three times for ikhlas and send the sawab ayat of the quran sharif that was recited this ayat pertains to one of the most vital organs of the body most vital in the sense that this is that limb that organ that can bring the greatest benefit to a person and can also bring the greatest harm to a person It is that limb that can become the most defiant against a person. This is the thumb. The hand a person can still control, and the hand he can do many things with it. But after a while, the hand gets tired. He wants to do more things with it. Hit somebody, but the hand is too tired now. he can chase behind somebody but after a while the legs give up also we too tired now we can't run behind this person anymore and other things he can probably do to a limit but the thumb is something that just simply doesn't tire the hand can harm somebody within reach the thumb can harm somebody at the for this corner of the world from here he will say something over the phone whatever and he will create a problem in the furthest corner of the world so this is how delicate this limb of the body is jirmuhu sagheer wa jurmuhu kabeer 
that this limb, its substance is very, very small, very small limb, hardly any weight. But the damage it can do, the crime it can commit, that is, sometimes no limit to it. So Allah Ta'ala says regarding this limb in the Quran Sharif, that say to my servants, ibadi, my servants. Allah Ta'ala is making this nisbat to show us that affection and love, that they are not somebody strange, they are mine. But say to them that this limb I gave them. So they should use this limb also, this organ also, in the way that I want them to use it. Say to my servants to say that which is best, the best speech, the best words, that type of talk which will bring the rahmat of Allah. That kind of talk that will unite, not divide. That kind of words that will join and not break. Allah Ta'ala loves this. In one hadith it is mentioned, one person came to accept Islam. Amr ibn Abbasa radiallahu ta'ala so He just come now and he asks Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam a few questions. Who are you? What is this deen that you are calling towards? One of the questions he asked, man ma'aka ala al amr? Who is with you in this what you are calling towards. So Nabi Islam said to him that Hurrun wa Abdun. That they are slaves with me also, they are free people also with me. They are free people, Hur and Abd, slaves. Now, the context in which this was said is something to understand that in that era, in that time, there were slaves present, slavery had come from before. And Islam created the framework for the for slavery to be extinct. Something that had come from ages before. That person has done this mistake, then he must free a slave. He broke an oath, he must free a slave. He committed zihar, certain kind of talaq at that time. The way to come out of it, free a slave. And freeing slaves became the way out of so many difficulties, of so many issues, that that became the foundation for the extinction of slavery. So in any case, Nabi Islam said, there are slaves with me also, there are free persons with me as well. In that period, a slave was a very, very lowly person. And a free person was somebody that was of a high status and position. So Nabi Islam, by saying this, gave the lesson or the message that there is no exclusivity here in our deen. There is no distinction on the basis of these social issues. That who is a slave, who is a free person, the free person will be treated differently, and the slave will be treated differently. All these things don't exist. On the basis of color, who is what color should be treated accordingly, or who comes from where, or who speaks what language, and somebody is an Arab, somebody is a non-Arab, so on this basis, some distinction, nothing of the sort. What is the basis for which people will be accepted or treated? The virtue will be a basis of taqwa, nothing else. So Nabi Islam says that there are slaves with us also, there are free people with us as well. Hazrat 
Umar radiallahu is a pure Arab and from among the Quraysh, the highest uh, status the Quraysh had. And what does he say? Bilalun uh, Abu Bakrin Sayyiduna wa a'taqa Sayyidana. He's referring to Hazrat Bilal radiallahu ta'ala. First he says Abu Bakr, he's our leader, he's our Sayyid. And he has freed our leader also. Bilal radiallahu ta'ala also our leader. Abu Bakr now bought him and freed him when he was a slave and he accepted Islam and he was now being put through this torture because of becoming a, a believer, a Muslim. Abu Bakr now finally bought him and freed him. Now he's referring to that incident and he's saying Abu Bakrin Sayyiduna wa a'taqa Sayyidana. He's our leader, he freed our leader also. Can you imagine that how clear their hearts were? That these things didn't mean anything. Who comes from where? What is his color? What language he speaks? And what is his social standing? What is his financial position? These things didn't make any difference. What made a difference was that he is the Azdin of Rasulullah. He has Imam to start over. And he is my brother in Islam. All these other things didn't count. So, in any case, this was the first thing that we also mentioned. That they are slaves with us also, they are free people, there's no distinction here on these bases. Then the second question he asked, or among the questions he asked, Mal Islam. What is Islam? Now, what is Islam? If we are asked that question, how many different ways we can define it, explain it, to start off with, we won't know where to start off and where to finish off because there's so much in it. It's not just something that a person can put in two sentences. But he's asking this question, what is Islam? And on this occasion, Nabi Islam replies to him with two aspects. And it is really astounding and amazing that which two aspects Nabi Islam explains to him. He's coming, somebody is coming new. He's coming very, very fresh, totally uh, a clean slate. And he is not coming to ask that which volume of which book, on which shelf, in which library, I'll find this detail. He's asking something that I can see with my own eyes. So Nabi Islam says to him, Islam, tibul kalam wa it'amut ta'am. You want to know what is Islam? Islam is sweet words. Islam is sweet words. Now people interact with us as Muslims. In our businesses, in social circles, and in the course of our work, within our own homes, wherever people interact with us, knowing that this is a Muslim. So Nabi Islam is saying to us, people will interact with you as a Muslim, show them Islam. And how you want to show them Islam? Among the things is the highlights of it, sweet words, tribal kalam, wa it'amut ta'am, in feeding people. Now, so many things in Islam. On other occasions, Nabi Islam gave other explanations, but each explanation had its own message and purpose to highlight certain issues at the time. So, here on this occasion, Nabi Islam highlighted this sweet words. 
Now, often many things are taken just in passing for granted. For example, now if somebody says that last night, Alhamdulillah, with the tawfiq of Allah Ta'ala, I made tahajjud the whole night. We look at that person in awe and mashallah, what a wonderful thing. Somebody says today, I made one khatam of the Quran Sharif. Started off Fajr time and I finished off one khatam of the Quran Sharif. Subhanallah, what a great thing. And we will also look at that person holding in awe. Mashallah, what a thing. I wish I could have the same ability to recite one khatam of the Quran Sharif in one day. And there are those servants of Allah Ta'ala who do it. So in any case, these are great amal. Supposing somebody said to us that today for the whole day I only spoke sweet words. So now, you say, so what? You only spoke sweet words, so fine. What's the big deal about it? But we don't give it a second thought that what a great amal this is. The Nabi Islam is being asked, hey, you, that what is Islam? What Islam are you calling towards? And the first thing in the definition of Islam on this occasion, Nabi Islam says, Tuyimul Kalam. That this is a highlight of Islam. This is a distinguishing sign of Islam. And if a person truly has Islam, in the hadith where Nabi Islam says, Al-Muslim, he defines a Muslim. Who is a Muslim? Al-Muslimu man salim al-Muslimuna min lisanihi wa yadi. That the definition of a Muslim. Again, if we are asked what is the definition of a Muslim, so we will give some technical definition. <laughs> Nabi Islam is giving a practical definition that this Islam must express itself practically. It mustn't just be hidden inside. All our ibadat generally that we perform are within certain closed doors, so to say. It's out of the public eye. We perform Isha Salah now. Who saw we perform Isha Salah out there in the public? Yeah, many people passed here also, but they didn't see what was going on in the masjid. So nobody saw our salah. Those who were in the masjid saw it, but outside nobody sees it. Occasionally somebody will see it somewhere. Person is traveling and is making salah. Then occasionally that is something somebody will see. But other than that, the salah is hidden. The zakat the person gives only he knows he gave it sometimes. And the person who received it, that person may not even know that he was given zakat. <laughs> and a person is fasting, it's between him and Allah Ta'ala. And Hajj, Hajj is in his own space and place. So what is going to be displayed in front of others is our akhlaq, our mu'awalat, our mu'asharat, how we deal with people, how we talk to them, how we deal and talk to our employees. Which is unfortunately a very, very sore thing, very, very common complaint. How many times we've discussed it and it just keeps coming. Just keeps coming over and over again that we are all kinds of flowery languages used against employees and the non-Muslim employees asking a Muslim colleague that is this what your religion teaches you? One youngster a few days back asking for some advice and he's probably about 24, 25 so he's having some major emotional issues and some kind of depression and anxiety whatever else so now in the cause of talking to him and trying to understand where is this stemming from so he says well from the time I was a child 
The thing that I can only remember from the time of my childhood is my father using all kinds of vulgar languages against my mother. And my whole childhood and my whole teenage years and everything carried on in that manner, hearing day in and day out the same thing. And this has, he's saying, I, I'm in a major conflict within myself. I know I have to respect my father. But within me, I hate him. But I'm trying my best to respect him. But within me, I hate him. Now I'm trying to get this out of me. How do I get it out? I'm battling with this and this is making me feel depressed and breaking my spirit. And I'm feeling that I'm now totally written off. Because how can I be hating my father? What kind of a person am I? Now he's bringing it back to himself. What kind of a person am I? I can't even talk to this, about this to anybody. But this is what my position is. So now he's thinking about himself in this manner. That now how can I be such a person? I'm hating my own father. Whereas this is how I'm supposed to be relating to him. But behind that what is the situation? What was the reason that brought him to this condition? The same tongue. The tongue was just used anyhow. And now this person day in and day out is growing up listening to it. And he created these kind of feelings in his heart. So this is what Nabi Islam is highlighting for us. This is what we will interact with others. And this is the Islam we will see. Whether it is within the four walls of the house. Whether it is outside. Whether it is in the workplace. There is a big difference between being firm. Sometimes, depending, a person now has to uh, exercise his authority. Sometimes it's necessary to get some work done. Now he has been entrusted with a responsibility. He's a manager or something, whatever the case is. So now if he's going to be very, very casual about things and very sweet all the time, he might never get the work done. So sometimes he has to exercise his authority also. But that's completely something else and using vulgar languages, that is a totally different thing. There's no space for that in the Sibab of Muslimi Fusok. Rabbi Islam says that using harsh words, swearing at a Muslim, this is a sin, a major grave sin. Fusok. So Rabbi Islam is highlighting, Qibul Kalam. Islam, you don't know what is Islam? Sweet words. If we reflect, that how much in the day did we speak sweet words and how many times in the day have we spoken what is the opposite of sweet words once Hazrat Aisha Siddiqa she passed a comment she just passed some comment about one of the other wives of Rasulullah just something indicating that she's short that's all and on some other occasion, there was some other incident of a similar nature. So Nabi Sallallahu responded and said, that, Oh Aisha, now this was the period of Tarbiyah. They were being trained. And once something happened once, they were taught something once that remained with them for life. Unlike us, they took it and remained with it for life. Hazrat Ali he once was explaining the virtue of reciting the tasbih fatimi and he gave the whole incident because this was after all the tasbih that Nabi Islam gave to him and his wife the Fatima so the incident is well known to us 
Prophet Fatima had come to ask for a slave to help out in the household chores. Nabi came later in the house and then he said to them that can I give you something better than a servant? Now, slave in that time was somebody who was a very precious thing. All the difficult chores, all the hard work that slave would take care of. Hard work nowadays in the house is how many buttons to press? <laughs> this appliance and that appliance, buttons to press, that is the hard work. In those days, they had to go and fetch the water from wherever the water was in a leather bag. They had to grind the flour, forget make the bread, grind the flour, grind that wheat or whatever to make the flour. It was a difficult task. And cooking wasn't all <coughs> press buttons in that smoke and all. difficult situation. <coughs> so all this a slave would take care of. And who is coming to request the slave? The queen of Jannah. From who? From her own father. And what Nabi Salaam says to her, that I'm giving you something better than a khami, better than a slave. And he teaches her, he gives them, and as Ali radiallahu before you go to bed, recite 33 times subhanallah, 33 times alhamdulillah, and 34 times Allahu Akbar. Nabi Salaam says, this is better for you than a servant and a slave. So Ali radiallahu explains this whole thing. And then he says, now he, this Nabi Sallallahu gave them in his lifetime. After Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi was Abu Bakr al Umar came. Ten years of his Khilafat. Then Hazrat Usman Ta'ala Twelve years of his Khilafat. And now it is the time of Hazrat Ali Ta'ala And in the time of his Khilafat, long towards the tail end of his Khilafat, he is now discussing this and explaining it. How many years have passed in between? And he is saying to them, to the people that he is addressing, that from the day Nabi Sallallahu gave this to me, not one day have I missed it. So somebody was a little bit curious. They asked him that not even on the occasion of Sifrin, that battle that took place where you were the commander-in-chief of your army, and as the commander-in-chief of your army, what kind of pressure you might have had. And on that night also when you just slept for a short while, on that night too you didn't forget? He said, not even on that night. This is istiqamat on ma'mulat. Istiqamat on a person's ma'mulat. Once the ma'mul started, lifelong it didn't get missed. Even on the most uh, difficult occasions, where the most amount of pressure is there on a person, very busy of every sort, but the ma'mul didn't get left out. So this was the Sahaba Ikram. Nabi Islam gave them something once and that was it. Lifelong then. So the Aisha anha. Now this was that period of tarbiyat. They were learning. And as they were learning, they sometimes made some mistake. But that was it. The mistake was corrected once. That was it thereafter. So she slipped up and said something. Made a comment about one of her co-wives. Nabi Islam said to her, Oh Aisha, that you've said such a thing, and as we explained, there's something about her height. You've said such a thing, that if this has been to, has to be put into the ocean, it will pollute the whole ocean. Now let us consider the things we have said just today. How many things would have polluted all the oceans? 
If this statement would have polluted the oceans, whatever statement would have done? Polluted is not the word, what it would have done? Allah knows. So this Tribal Kalam, Nabi Islam highlighting, Tribal Kalam with Aam Ta'am, sweet words. And this is why Akhlaq has such a great rank in Deen. Because to take the sweet words out of the mouth sometimes is a mujahada. And it is sometimes a bigger mujahada than the whole night of Tahajjud. It's a bigger mujahada sometimes than the whole day of Tilawat. At times, this is the mujahada. But everything is fine. In Farsi, there is a saying, Tu murahaji bagoyam, man tu rahaji bago. You call me Hadi Sahib, I'll call you Hadi Sahib also. No problem, we're all happy. But day you call me anything else, I'll multiply it ten times. So if somebody calls us something good, we call him something good also. That will be all, everybody, one happy house then. And if somebody says something negative, to still say something positive. That is what is akhlaq. And that is what we are being asked. Tribal kalam, sweet words. So this was the question he asked. What is Islam? Nabi Islam told him, Tribal kalam or amut ta'am. And then he asked, Malk iman. What is iman? Again, he's not asking about which shelf and which book, which library, which volume, which page number. He's how to see it. How to see or how to know what is the practical deal. Nabi Islam is giving him accordingly. Malk iman, Nabi Islam replies, as sabr was samaha. Iman, then Iman will be understood in Sabr. Sabr. For that sweet word also we require Sabr. To swallow many things and still take our sweet words. A lot of Sabr. So the lesson of Sabr is being given. That when a person has Sabr, then he will be able to conduct himself in the way that is required of him. And minus summer out of the equation, then a person will just say anything, do anything. He'll regret it later. Just last night, one call comes, frantic call. Some woman is calling from somewhere. My husband gave me three talaks. I've got four children. What do I do now? And I've come from a family that all of them are not Muslim. Where do I go? He brought me into his nikah. He made me Muslim, brought me into his nikah. Now I've got four children and he just gave me three talaks. Now this is the Islam we are displaying. Now that goes around and the whole family settles. Obviously she comes from that kind of family. So they are going to now come to know sooner or later that well, this is what happened to her. And now she's out in the open. And why? Because this is how the husband treated her. So now what? Where this finishes off in their hearts and minds? Nauzubillah, Nauzubillah, they start harboring a negative image about being itself. And who was responsible for that? Our actions. So this is that sabr. And a person has sabr, he'll be able to hold himself. What to say, when to say. He'll be able to control his anger. Anger is something that will well within a person. But a person with sabr will be able to put the lid on that anger. And he won't blurt out things. He won't say things now which he will regret tomorrow himself also. But if the damage is done. <coughs> so the sabr and samaha. Samaha can be 
translated as compassion, as kindness. This is the mu'min, this is his heart. And obviously, this starts off with those who are closest to us. Often, or many times, a person will be very generous, very kind, very compassionate, very sweet, those people far away. And with those who are closest to him, it's opposite. Those who are the most worthy people of that sweetness, of that kindness, of that compassion, the Hadith, the Wasallam gives the rewards of sadaqah. And in that, one of the advices he gives is, وَبْدَأْ بِمَنْ The first recipients of your sadaqah must be those who are in your care. They are the first recipients of your sadaqah. Start off with them. And then, as the circle grows, accordingly you give. So it's very, very good to give wherever there's a need, but not to ignore those who are closest. There's a double reward. A person in need and is a relative to help him is a double reward. So, this is the things that we have to bring into our life. These qualities of deen. This aspect of tibul kalam, sweet words, speaking in a kind way. In the hadith where Nabi Wasallam speaks about the virtue of hajj. What a great amal, hajj. Once in a lifetime, falls on a person. person returns from hajj in the proper manner, like a person that has been born just now, clean of all sin. Nabi Islam says, this is the reward of Hajjul Mabrur. The only reward of it is Jannat. What is Hajjul Mabrur? What is his virtue? What is his special good deeds of Hajj? Again, the same things. It's so astounding that the same things have been mentioned again. You wait for Hajj, but these are the things that are highlights of Hajj. It'am ta'am, feeding people, making salam common, and talking sweetly. Talking sweetly. The Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives the example of the oceans. Allah Ta'ala created the oceans. And then on the oceans are these ships that travel on the oceans. That is a barkat of the ocean also. In so many ayat, the oceans are being mentioned. Now, there's so many things, so many lessons in this, but Allah Ta'ala speaks about that this ocean, what it gives you. That on these oceans, these ships move. How many thousands of tons those ships travel on the back of this waters of the ocean. And from one end of the world to the other end of the world, they carry all this cargo which would have been impossible to take in some other way. There's a barakat of the ocean. Then the ocean, what it gives you, that what the, uh, the food of the ocean, Allah says that all this is halal for you, the fish of the ocean. Then, in this ocean comes all those pearls and those valuable things. And so many other benefits of the ocean. All this the ocean gives. <coughs> but what does insan give in return? Especially those places on the coastal end. Those cities and towns, whatever, are on the coast. 
one of the things that every town that is on the coast, it gives back to the ocean is that all the filth of the entire place, the sewer lines are all connected to the ocean. So the ocean is receiving this and it is ignoring it. But it didn't stop giving its fish. It didn't stop giving its pearls. It didn't stop giving that benefit of transporting all that cargo from one end to the other. It didn't stop giving all the good that it gives. And it's taking all the filth. Now this is that lesson that insan has been given. You become like ocean also. You also digest it. But keep giving the good. Keep giving the pearls. Keep giving all that which will benefit people. Which will bring people's hearts closer to Deen. And which will bring people to recognize Allah. So this is what our Deen is all about. This akhlaq, this mu'amalat, this mu'asharat, and obviously every other part of deen, our ibadat, and everything of deen has to be brought into our lives. But this is what we are unfortunately giving least attention to. The aspects of our akhlaq, our mu'amalat, etc. This is something that gets very, very little attention, if any. Other things we all understand the importance of it in deen, but this is something that just gets brushed aside, or no matter how many times we may hear about it, discuss it, but that attention that it deserves, it doesn't get. This is the need of the moment, that just as we continue giving the full attention to the other aspects of deen, all the other good deeds that we are performing to increase that also, but to also pay attention to these fundamental things, Allah give us all the tawfiq, alhamdulillah.
Allah, 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 Allah,
the most kind, most gracious, most loving Allah. Allah, Allah, Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive all of us, minor sins, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive the sins of the day and night, Ya Allah. Allah, forgive what we did deliberately and mistakenly, Ya Allah. Allah, Allah, Ya Allah, all your bounties and ni'mats, Ya Allah. Every second, every millisecond, Ya Allah, we are benefiting from. Ya Allah, we are using your ni'mats every second of our lives, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but despite all this, Ya Allah, we have been so disobedient, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we have been so ungrateful, Ya Allah. We've used your ni'mats to disobey you, Ya Allah. Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive our families, Ya Allah. Forgive our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah. Ya Allah, you forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, show your rahmat of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, show your makhfirat of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the difficulties of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the difficulties of the ummah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Whatever we are suffering, Ya Allah, is due to our needs, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we completely acknowledge this, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us the topic of being those a'mal to bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from those a'mal to bring down your adab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with rahmat and compassion, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our tongues with sweet words, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from poor akhlaq, Ya Allah. Grant us the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us that akhlaq with which you are pleased with, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make us your true and obedient servants, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, every second and every moment of our life, let us be your obedience, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from any disobedience. Allah, 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 Allah,
Allah enable us to make the maximum use of these Mubarak days, Ya Allah. Enable us to take the maximum benefit, Ya Allah. And save us from being this, Ya Allah, negligent and disregarding these Mubarak moments, Ya Allah. Ilahuma alamin, Ya Allah, grant us the tawfiq, Ya Allah, of all that you are pleased with, Ya Allah. And save us from all that you are displeased with, Ya Allah. Allahumma asluka min khayri ma sa'alaka min hubadiyuka wa hadibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa na'udhu bika min shari masta'adaka min hubadiyuka wa hadibuka Sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Anna musta'an wa alayka al-balaam. ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير شرطه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحابه معين والحمد لله رب العالمين